Man, I am excited just to get up here and to share with you guys this morning. We've been in this series, Expect the Unexpected. How many of you guys have been enjoying this series? Come on. You know, we've had a lot of feedback and just people telling us how much of an impact that's been making in their life and just challenging them to kind of step out in some areas that, that God has laid on their heart. And I'm excited to bring the last message of this series to you this morning because this is really something that God has been doing in my life over the last six months and just challenging me to step out of my comfort zone in some things. And so today is kind of going to be a huge step outside of my comfort zone because I'm going to share some things with you guys this morning that God's been doing in me that are really um, close to my heart and really sensitive to some places that God's taking me. So you guys might have to bear with me this morning because this is just a really, really raw place in me right now. And so, but how many of you guys know God can use those times when you just don't have it all figured out and you don't really know what's happening, but you know you just have to trust God, and that's kind of where I'm at this morning. But throughout this series, we've been um, kind of focused on this one verse, John 14, 12, and it says, I tell you the truth, that anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And basically, Jesus is saying, look, I've done miracles, I've done incredible things while I've been on this earth, but look, as I leave and I go to my Father, you guys are going to do greater things than I ever did on this earth. And there's a key in that verse, and it says, anyone who has faith in me, and I think faith is not just something that, oh, we believe in God or whatever, faith is something that we act and that we do, and when we have faith in something, God can accomplish so much in us and through us. And how many of you guys know unexpected things don't always have to be big things? They can be little things that are happening in our life. I hear so many stories about people that are like, I'm not sure I can lead a connect group, but I know God's been doing some stuff in me. And they step out and they lead a connect group, and then they see people's lives impacted by their experiences in their own life, and they end up helping people. And God does unexpected things through those moments. You know, I think God can do miracles and unexpected things. I've never expected to be standing up on a stage like this to, to be with my husband and pastoring a church. Like, those are things that I would have never expected God to use two jacked up, messed up people that have made so many mistakes to stand here and get to do these things. And you know what, next week, and I don't know if you guys know this, but we are launching our second campus. I know, it's so exciting, I cannot wait. We did actually a, a mock setup, like a trial setup this past Saturday, and thank God we did that because we were like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, is this really gonna work? God, I know you told us to do this, but I'm not really sure. And everything went really, really amazing yesterday. And see, here's the thing is God put a dream in our heart, and he put a vision in our heart, and it's something that he told us to do, and we were like, okay, God, we're not ready. As a church, we're not like a huge church. Like, we don't have enough resources, and we were telling God all of the reasons why we shouldn't step out and do something. But God, I know, is going to do so many unexpected things through that obedience, and not just unexpected things for our church, but unexpected things for those people that walk through the doors of, of that movie theater, 
next weekend just expecting to see another church service or expecting just to walk in and, you know, see some music played and hear a message. But God is going to show up and do unexpected things in their life. And lives are going to be changed forever because of the obedience of you guys as a church. And I am so excited to see lives transformed and unexpected things happen because people stepped out in faith. And this morning, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about miracles and things that happen in our life. And I think miracles are unexpected things. Miracles are like these divine acts of God. There's no other way that this could happen. You guys, how many of you guys believe in miracles? Okay, most of you. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, awful, awesome. But anyways, I was thinking about miracles, and here's how I know miracles exist. TJ convinced me to marry him. <laughs> That's right. Miracle all the way. Like, our God does miracles because there's no way that ever should have happened. And you know what? I, I love it. I love it when I get to get up here and talk because TJ shares all the time, oh, you know what happens when your wife is always late? And, you know, you have to wait around for her. And I'm like, when was the last time you had to wait for me? I don't remember that. And so I, I even said that to him after the message. When was the last time you had to wait for me? And he had to think about it. But then, like, a couple days later, I made him late for something. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> so anyways, I know that God does miracles. And he still does miracles today. And miracles happen. And they are things that are unexpected in our life. And here's where I want to step into some of the things that God's doing in my life. And this is the part where I'm just going to get really transparent with you guys about where I'm at and the things that God's done or doing right now in my life. And TJ shared with you guys some of the journey of, of he and I struggling to have kids. And I'm just going to kind of lay out the context or just my portion of this story because it's really something that has been revived in me a little bit over the last six months. And so rewind about seven, six or seven years ago, and we're, like, all excited, like, okay, we're going to start trying for kids. This is going to happen. This is going to be awesome. We had just bought a new house. We even started painting these rooms and, like, preparing for kids and doing all this stuff because we just knew that this was going to happen for our life. And... As we're preparing and as we're doing that, you know, and we're, we're trying to have kids, and TJ always says practice is the best part, like, you know. So we're going through the motions, and we're doing all of these things, and you know what? Every single month, it's like, oh, that didn't happen again. And months turned into more months, turned into more months, turns into more months when a year has passed by and nothing has happened. And... I'm frustrated, and I'm like, God, why aren't you allowing this to happen in my life? Like, we're doing everything right. We're living our life to honor you. Why isn't this happening? And I remember this specific day when I was already in this really ugly place, and I get a phone call. Now, I have three sisters. There's four girls in the family. I have three sisters that are all younger than me. I get a phone call on one day that all three of them are pregnant. At the same time. Now, one of them was having her second child with a different father. One of them had just gotten married, didn't even want to start having kids yet. And another one was just like, oh, this happened kind of thing. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. And I'm like, God, 
I should be happy for them, but right now, I am in such a bad place because you're giving them everything that I want. My life is serving you. My life is doing all the, why not me? And it started this journey of just like, okay, let's figure out what's happening. And so we begin to go to the doctors and go do all these tests and all of these things and end up getting the diagnosis for, for TJ that he has this condition called Sertoli cell only syndrome. And basically, some guys have, like, low sperm count. TJ has no sperm count. And so there is, like, absolutely 0% chance that that would happen for our life. And coming out of that meeting, that doctor's office, and getting that diagnosis, and TJ and I, he's told this part of the story where we just got in the car and we decided, God, we're going to worship you no matter what. You've created us. You know us. You know exactly what our life is supposed to be, and we trust you, so we're going to worship you even in this storm, even in this moment that we don't understand, we'll worship you. And we got in the car, and we put on worship music, and we're just driving down the road, and we're just sobbing. But still in this place of, God, we're surrendered to you and whatever you want for our life. And so we go, and, and I remember it must have been a Tuesday because the next night, we had a church service, and it was a worship church service, and our church met in an elementary school, and I remember standing in the back of that cafeteria and worshiping with a heavy, heavy heart, and standing back there and just saying, God, I surrender. Whatever you want, whatever you want for my life, like, I'm okay with that, and hearing God say to me, the doctor's word is not the final word. I have the final word. And I was like, well, okay, God, but, like, you heard what he said. You know, like, this isn't happening. And I'm, like, sitting there bartering with God, like, don't you get it, God? And so finally I just said, okay, God, I trust you. You created us. You know our bodies, and you can change that diagnosis in the matter of a second. And so I move, I move on from that, and I say, okay, God, I'm gonna, I'll believe for this. I'll stand on this. I'll trust you. And I did. For months, for a little while longer, and I continued to believe for it, but slowly and surely I just became numb because that, it wasn't happening in my life. And fast forward six, seven years later, I stand right now. None of that stuff has happened in my life. And to be completely honest with you, probably over the last two or three years, I haven't thought about having kids. I've been like, man, my life is good. Kids would just jack that up. <laughs> and, and that's honestly where I'm at. Like, man, things would be a whole lot more difficult. And so about six months ago, I had heard myself sitting down with someone, and the natural question people ask you when you, they've heard you've been married 13 years is, why don't you have kids? When are you going to have kids? You know, and it's kind of a weird explanation of what do you tell someone. You know, it's just kind of a, a different situation. But anyways, I, I started hearing myself beginning to tell people, man, I pray that God doesn't do a miracle in my life because that would just mess everything up. And so I start telling, I hear myself telling people this. I pray God not to do a miracle. And so one moment, I'm sitting at home, just in my quiet time, just reading my Bible and praying about six months ago, 
haven't thought about kids, haven't prayed about kids in years. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and God goes, Shayla, you stopped believing for something that I didn't tell you to stop believing for. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I don't know, because I didn't think about those things. And he said, you stopped believing for something that I, told, I didn't tell you to stop believing for. And I was like, I think I know what he's talking about. And I was like, okay, all right, I don't know what to do with this. And so just kind of swept it under the rug and went about my day. And a couple days later, I was at the office, and we were in early morning prayer. I promise this message will be practical in a little bit. But we were in early morning prayer, and I was sitting there, and I was just praying. And again, that same thing came to me. You stopped believing for something that I didn't tell you to stop believing for. And I just started crying. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I do believe it might not be the plan that I see for my life in this moment, but God, I trust you. And for me, when God tells me to do something, my belief system and my faith is active. And so I have to do something about it. So I know, knew that moment that God said, Shayla, you stopped believing for this. And I didn't tell you to stop believing that I had to do something to activate that part of my faith. And so I went and I told TJ what I was feeling, and then I said, I think we need to talk to some of our elders and have them pray with us. So we went to some of our elders, and we said, look, here's what God's doing. Will you just agree with us in prayer? And slowly, there was different moments where God told me to share that story. And so I would share it, and I'm standing before you sharing it this morning because I'm being obedient to God, not because I want to put this out there to anybody, because, but because I'm activating my faith, and I'm sharing with you guys what I am believing for, because this isn't about Shayla, but it's about people seeing the miracles that God wants to do in your life and in my life. And it's not just things that, that you guys struggle with on a daily basis of believing God for something. It's something that we as leaders or as pastors or just in general have to struggle to believe for something that we can't see, that we can't even comprehend that that would happen. In my natural mind, there is no way that will ever happen. But God said, you need to believe again. And I was like, okay, God. And a couple months ago, as we were moving into the new year, I was just praying about what does this new year look like? And as I was seeking God just about this year, he, he brought a scripture to my attention and it's Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And I think this can be a great verse for, for me, for you, for our church, especially moving into a new year. And it says this, but forget all of that. The NIV says it this way, forget the former things. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I think this year, if we want to see unexpected things happen in our life, we can take a couple things from this verse, and we can apply it to our life. And this is the first thing that I think we can apply, and that is that we have to forget the past. We have to forget the former things. We have to forget the things that happened this year that messed us up, the things that didn't go our way. 
We have to forget that person that hurt us or the, the thing or the circumstances that tried to define our view of something. And we need to let go and we need to forget the past and the things that happen. Have you ever got, met that person that seems to be every relationship they get into falls apart? Because I think we, we approach it like this. We take these relationships and we may have been hurt in a relationship. And we move into another relationship and we bring the same hurt that we had in the first one, how that person hurt us or how that person scarred us. And then we move into the next relationship and we're viewing that person through those eyes. And what this verse is saying here is, look, forget about those things. I want to do something different. But I can't do something different if you're continuing to hold on to those things from your past. Have you guys ever seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> I know, like, shameless. It's terrible. I have seen it. You watch it the first time, you're like, this is stupid. You watch it the second time, you're like, oh, that was kind of funny. And then the third time, it's, like, hilarious. And so one of those movies that's just so stupid, it's funny. And so do you guys remember Uncle Rico? Yeah. This is that guy, okay? Uncle Rico is Napoleon's uncle. And he was like this star quarterback in high school, and they won the state championship when he was like 17 years old. Well, now Uncle Rico's like 40 years old, and all he talks about is, oh, you remember the state championship? And he's out there like throwing footballs in the field, like practicing his move like he did in high school. And he has not gotten anywhere in his life because all he's doing is focusing on the past. And you know what? The things that can hold us back from our past can be good things too. It can be the wins that we celebrated or that moment that we had that we constantly try to recreate. And we bring that past, whether it's good or bad, into our current reality and we forget to see the new things that God wants to do. And so I think the first thing that we have to remember moving into this new year or wanting to see the unexpected things happen in our life is that we have to forget the past, the good things, the bad things, and we have to move forward. I was thinking about it this way. Have you guys ever just gone out to dinner and had the most amazing meal? Like, just like you cut through the steak and it's like butter or something. It's like, I love food. So just talking about it, I'm like, let's eat. So... You get this like amazing, a melt in your mouth meal, and you like save just enough to take home because you want to recreate that moment. And so you take it home, and you know what? You might forget about it for a couple days, and about a week or two weeks later, it's still sitting there, and that meal that was once amazing is now going to make you sick, unless you're a college student and you just eat anything. So... But we do this so many times in life. We have these amazing things happen or we have these amazing moments and we try to take those things and we try to relive them over and over again. And it is affecting us. And that's what happens if we don't learn to forget the past, to leave it in the past. In Isaiah 43, 18, it says, forget the past for it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. See, God has amazing plans for your life, but you can't accomplish any of it if you're continuing to look behind you. See, I think 
tomorrow's miracles lie in today's surrender? What do you need to surrender in your life today to set yourself up for the miracles and the unexpected things that God wants to do in your life? I think the next thing that, that kind of popped out to me was this point. After we forget the past, we have to redirect our focus. It continues on in that Isaiah verse, and it says, For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun it. Do you not see it? And as we let go of the past, we have to redirect our focus and towards the future. This might be silly, but none of you guys would drive your car looking in the rearview mirror, right? Nobody would drive their car looking in the rearview mirror. We would crash every single time, and we would never get to the destination we set out to get to if we drove just looking in the rearview mirror. But how many of us live life that way? How many of us live life focused on the past? I think that there's so much of what God wants to do in us if we can just forget about those things and then refocus our life to the future. There's this saying that says, if you want what you've always had, then, you're, then do what you've always done. The only way to change your tomorrow is to change your focus today and what you're looking at. See, I think where you end up in life and what you're accomplishing is a direct result of where your focus is. If you're constantly focusing on like the negative things and woe is me and I can't believe this is happening in my life and why is this happening, what are you going to get? You're going to continue to get the same things because that's what you continue to focus on. Or you continue to focus on the negative and all of the bad things that are happening and your focus and what you're focused on is going to give you the result that you're getting. There is a time in my life years ago when I'd gotten out of this horrible relationship, and I was so confused about who I was because my focus was just so messed up. And I had, I had screwed up a lot of things in my life, and I had no idea how my life was going to be different. And I remember getting out of this relationship and, and saying, there has got to be more. There's got to be something different. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start focusing on some things that I haven't focused on in a long time. And I'm going to start developing my relationship with God because I want to know what my life means. And so I need to find out the meaning of my life. And so I begin to read my Bible every day. And I didn't understand it. It was confusing to me. I was frustrated because I didn't get it. But I did it. Every single day. And you know what? I surrounded myself with some different people. I got some friends that, that were going in the direction of life that I wanted to go in. I found some people that had purpose in their life, and I said, I'm going to hang out with them. I started praying. Even though I had no idea how to pray, I was just like, God, my life sucks. I don't know what to do. Help me. You know? Like, it's probably still how I pray. But, there, but I did it. Because I was trying to redirect the focus of my life. And there's some of you guys out there that you're like, Shayla, that's great that we can have purpose and that we, miracles can happen in our life. But I don't hear God. I don't even know what that sounds like. If you just start somewhere, 
if you just take your focus off of what it was in the past, and I don't get these things, and I don't have time for those things, and you begin to redirect your focus towards God, and you begin to read your Bible and pray and surround yourself with the right people, I guarantee you God will begin to speak in your life. But it takes redirecting your focus and not focusing on the negative things and all the reasons why we can't, but, but focusing on all the reasons why we want to pursue that relationship with God because our focus needs to be different. In Hebrews 12, 1, and, 1 through 3, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangled us. Again, there's that forget about those things. Get them away from you. And it says, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. And then it says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It doesn't say get everything figured out. It doesn't say you have to be perfect. It doesn't, have to say, it doesn't say that you have to understand your purpose. It just says fix your eyes on Jesus. And it says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You were that joy that was set before him. Your purpose, your destiny. So scorning, the, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, considered him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's some of you guys out there right now that you might be tired. You might be confused. You might be exhausted. But Jesus is saying, don't lose sight of where I want you to go. Don't go weary. I've beat all of those things for you. All I want you to do is focus on me. And I promise I will take care of those things. If we can just focus on God, our life will begin to change. We will begin to understand purpose. We will begin to have clarity about our life. See, it is very easy for me to focus on all the reasons why it is impossible for TJ and I to ever have kids. Because there are many. It's easy for me to focus on all of the reasons why we can't physically and all the reasons why it's proven true in my life over the last seven years. But God doesn't tell me to focus on the things that I can see. He says, fix my eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of my faith. And if I can just learn how to take my eyes off of what I can see and fix them on Jesus and allow him to determine my future. And if I can begin to take a step of faith into those things of reading my Bible and praying and surrounding myself with the right people, those things will become clearer and clearer in your life. See, part of that verse in Isaiah, the end of it says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness and rivers through the desert. I look at that and I think a pathway through the wilderness, I see like all this brush and these trees and then the desert, like there's no water in the desert. But God's saying, look, I have a plan and I have a way. All you need to do is fix your eyes on me because I have a pathway through what you see as a forest in a wilderness. And I have a stream in what you see as the desert. But you can't see those things if you keep looking behind you. Fix your eyes on me because I want to do miracles in your life. I want to make a way where you can't even see a way. See, God already has great things planned for your life, and he's preparing the way. 
All we have to do is forget what's happened to us. Forget the challenges that we faced. Even forget the good things. And redirect our focus so that we can begin to step into everything that God has for us. And here's my last point and what I think is actually one of the most important points. And that is to believe that God can do anything. There's a story in the Bible that I think lays this point out so perfectly and somebody that we can learn a lot from. And that's the story of Abram. In Genesis 12, 1 through 7, I'm just going to read it to you real quick. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to a land that I will show you. It says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all of the families on the earth will be blessed through you. See, first God tells Abram, leave everything you know. Forget about the past. Forget everything you've built. And go to a land I'll show you. See, he doesn't tell Abram where he's going to go. He just says, start going. He says, forget about the past. I'm making a way. Just start walking. Crazy. But then he says, I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you a great nation. All of these things. So Abram departed as the Lord instructed. Abram started walking. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all of his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken in his house at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Morah. At the time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. See, this story is so key in this point. Is because Abram believed God enough not to have the plan set out. God just said, go. And Abram said, okay, God, I believe that you have all of these great things for me. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll start walking. And when we believe that God can do something in our life, belief turns into action. Because here's the thing, if you tell me that you believe in something, if you believe in a product or you believe in in something, you will do anything you can to promote that thing, to step into that thing. If you believe in someone, you'll encourage them, you can do this. If you believe in a product, you'll go out there and sell it all day long because it's going to change someone's life. So many of us say, I believe God. But let me tell you something. If you believe God, your actions will prove that. And some of you guys this morning need to stop just saying, I believe that God can do great things in my life. And you need to start stepping into some of those things. You need to start activating that faith. God's told you to go and you need to start walking, even if he hasn't told you the whole picture. I want to be that church. I want to be that person that acts on the things that God's told me to act on. And that I see unexpected things happen in my life every single day because I just trusted God and stepped out. And the miracles are going to follow. Because if we go back to that first scripture we talked about and that 
greater things we will do on this earth than Jesus, but it takes a step of faith and believing and taking action to make those things happen. God wants to do miracles in your life. He wants the unexpected things to happen. But you have to move. In Matthew 19, 26, it says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And some of you guys today, you need to believe that God has a plan for you. You need to believe that he has something incredible for your life. And you need to start taking steps to walk that out and to discover that. Maybe your step today is to start reading your Bible or surrounding yourself with the right people. But don't just sit back and not do anything. Maybe for some of you it's to believe that God can restore a broken relationship. For others of you, it might be to believe that God has purpose in your singleness. Maybe today's the day that you need to believe that God has a plan for your finances and you need to start taking a step in and tithing. I don't know what it is for you today, but we have to begin to take action so that we can see God move in our life. But believing God is the key to the unexpected things taking place. God can give us all the tools through his word. He can equip us in all of those different ways. But if we're not willing to step out and do anything with that, then we're not going to see the unexpected things happen in our life. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to... Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I love this verse because it says God is going to pretty much blow my mind with things. He's going to do things that I could never even imagine. But there's a key to this verse and it says through his power at work within us. See God's power is in you. You have the ability to see amazing things happen, but you are a limiter of that power. If you don't believe that God can do something. See, there's greatness in you. There's miracles that can happen in your life. But are you limiting God's power because you don't believe that God can do it for you? Are you limiting the things that are happening in your life because you don't believe that God has a plan for you? There's a quote by Smith Wigglesworth, and it is my absolute favorite quote. And it's challenged me many times in my life, and it says this, nothing is impossible with God. God's word says that. But then he goes on to say, the impossibility rests with us. When we measure God by the limitations of our unbelief. See, there is greatness sitting in this room. There's businesses to happen. There's strong families in this room. There's probably millionaires in this room. There's people that are motivational speakers in this room. There's incredible fathers in this room. There's marriages that need to be restored in this room. 
But here's where all of those miracles start. And that's with your belief system. When, when God was, was challenging me in my process, he said, you stopped believing for something that I didn't tell you to stop believing for. And maybe there's some of you guys out there that you've stopped believing that God can use you, that God can do something in you, that God can restore something that's been broken. And today's the day that needs to change you guys will just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Some of you today, you stop believing for the good things to happen. You stop believing for any miracles to take place in your life. Maybe you've just stopped believing in general that God could ever even use you because of your past, because of your circumstances. And today's the day you, you want to say, God, I want to revive that part of me again. I want to start believing again that anything is possible in my life. And if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you. If you'll just slip up your hand. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. pray for you guys in just a moment, but I also want to talk to a, a different group of you. Maybe you're sitting out there and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been wandering through life just void of purpose. You've been struggling. And today's the day you say, you know what, I want to surrender my life to the one who created me for a purpose, on purpose, one who wants to give you the miracle of salvation today. If you're that person that is sitting out there today and you're saying, I want to understand God's purpose for my life and I want to surrender my life to God this morning. If you'll just slip up your hand, I want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the incredible potential that's sitting in this room. We thank you for the purpose and the destiny that each and every person in this room was created for. And God, I pray that this morning would just be a defining moment in their life where they don't continue to hold on to the past or the things that they've experienced. And they begin to focus their attention on you and to believe that you can accomplish so much more than all they could ask or imagine. God, I just pray that people's lives would be surrendered to you today. In Jesus' name.